This is the Sweet Bites with Sandra podcast. SEMrush, I can't say enough about this particular platform. It's an all-in-one tool suite for improving online visibility and discovering marketing insights. So SEO, content marketing, competitor research, PPC, and social media marketing, you can get that all in just one platform. So I encourage you to visit my show notes and unlock free access. No, I didn't stutter. Free access to backlink analytics now. You're listening to Sweet Bites with Sandra with your host, Dr. Sandra Coltimedisi. Follow on Instagram, LinkedIn, and Twitter at Dr. Sandra Coltimedisi. You can listen to the podcast live on Fireside and learn about upcoming course announcements, coaching programs, working one-on-one with Sandra, and new template releases by visiting collegeofstyle.com. Join Sandra on TikTok, Pinterest, and Twitter at College of Style today. Hi, I'm Sandra, and I'd like to invite you to subscribe and listen to my new podcast, Sweet Pipes with Sandra. Satisfy your entrepreneurial sweet tooth in each episode full of digital business tips, inspiring interviews, asides from my entertainment career, and rewards to celebrate your sweet success. Find Sweet Bites with Sandra on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Thank you so much for joining me on episode 58 of the Sweet Bites with Sandra podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Sandra Colton-Medici, and I have a very special guest for you today. His name is Miguel Ayala, and he is the CEO of Aphelion Aerospace. Stay tuned for the interview. College of Style is ready with a great shopping experience for you this holiday season. And better yet, to say thank you for shopping my store, use the discount code HELLO15 to get 15% off of your first order. Visit shopcollegeofstyle.com and type in HELLO15 at checkout. And then tag me on socials and let me know how you like your purchase. How shoppable are your products? If you create certain copy for the description of any product that's listed on your store, then anyone who reads it should be able to relay exactly what your product or service does in the title, the headline of that product, and the body of the description. Don't make it complicated. Tell exactly what the product does, and even better, show what the product does. If you can include a video representation of the benefits that people will get by using your product or hiring you for a service. I'm so excited to be with you today. And I have a very special guest today, Miguel Ayala. Thank you so much for joining me. He is the CEO of Aphelion Aerospace. Good morning, Sandra. Hey, good morning. You have such a diverse background in all things aerospace from SpaceX and working for the government and all these different things. So if you could talk about your journey and just kind of how you got to the place that you are now as the CEO of Aphelion, that would be awesome. Well, when I um, when I moved to the States in, um, I think it was like 1993, I really wanted to study engineering. So then I went to Arizona State to study mechanical engineering for some uh, for some years. And um, it was mostly on thermal fluid th- uh, systems, like the... Um, basically rocket engines and stuff. Then uh, I got a job at Honeywell, a big company, a big aerospace company. And while I was working there, I wanted to build um, structures for um, for uh, aerospace vehicles, like little rockets and uh, spacecraft. So then I pursued another bachelor's in aerospace engineering. And then that's when I, I transferred to UCLA initially to pursue a, a PhD in uh, nuclear propulsion. 
but back then uh, nuclear was uh, it, it wasn't uh, it wasn't hot the people were scared of nuclear <laughs> so so then um, I ended up uh, working out with a master's in fluid mechanics and shortly after I got a job at SpaceX and yeah I've been in the industry uh, I guess overall now like 20 years uh, building uh, aircraft launch vehicles uh, you know rockets missiles uh, spacecraft you talk about it like it's you know, just you know, I've been just building rockets, and oh. you know, I mean, it's. I'm sure in your day to day conversations, it's just normal, right? But for me, yeah. I'm like, so you've been building rockets, right? <laughs> you know, so, so when I think about it, I look at it from a completely different perspective. We talk about digital marketing and you know, career paths and entrepreneurship on Sweet Bites with Sandra. And it really fascinated me. And then we actually met on LinkedIn not too long ago, which is where I think a lot of people are missing the boat. But when we were originally talking, I said, you know, I want to know your journey because there's so many people who are out there who may have the same interests as you, who might want to get into this whole aerospace industry, but don't know how to do that. And so when you were growing up, what was kind of the like, I have to do this moment for you to know, like, this is my industry, this is my field, like, this is where I want to be. I was actually born in a small village in the Andes Mountains of uh, Peru. And uh, back uh, where I was born, there was no running water, no electricity, no, no roads. There was very little concept of money. And at the same time, during that time, um, things got kind of dangerous there was a there was like a, some internal conflict in the in peru and um despite all of that like i was looking i think i was looking for some for some hope or something so then like at night um from my town which is like at ten thousand feet i would look up and i could see i could clearly see the milky way so then i thought you know wouldn't, wouldn't it be cool stuff that go out there that that's where, where where it started like when i was probably like seven or something and then I moved to Lima, the capital city of Peru. From then on, like the more I learned about the world, about uh, what had been done already with the Apollo missions and stuff, I really wanted to come to the U.S. and uh, pursue engineering to to be a rocket scientist. That's uh, it started early on, and I just stayed on track. And uh, but I hear that uh, for a lot of people nowadays, uh, actually, it's always been the case where it's not that simple. You know, it takes years to to figure out what. Uh, and what you want to get into and i would say that um, uh, when it comes to engineering when it comes to aerospace um, in this the aerospace industry it's really just not rocket science it's not just rocket science we, we need people that um, that do marketing we need people that do finance uh, in fact we probably need a lot of people that do marketing because um, a lot of for, for the longest time it's been it's been uh, the, the industry has been perceived to be like very boring and uh, too too like too mathematical and it's not, it's, um, it's really not. So. I think some of the best marketing that we've seen so far has been recently. It's kind of weird all of a sudden space race, which I say is all of a sudden, but has definitely been in the works for so many years where you see all of these different people. I think recently it was like William Shatner going in, you know, like, like all of a sudden it's like, oh, all of these people. And I know that your company, Aphelion, is doing what, nano? satellite technology is that what it is uh yes so so basically what we're doing is uh, we are um, standing up a one-stop shop for integrating um satellites like small satellites and then putting them together on a launch vehicle like on a rocket and then launching them so that uh, it all sounds simple but uh, that process is really really complicated it takes years to get all, all the people to work together we saw that you know what it's it's time it's time to simplify this whole thing you know, launching a, a cubes that should be as almost as simple as um, calling Uber for a ride and then you're done. I mean, seriously, it, it, it wouldn't be that that simple, but mm -hmm. we can get 
cl closer to that model than uh, what we're doing right now, where it takes years and like just li literally hundreds of people to coordinate to be able to launch a, a little CubeSat. Yeah, well, it reminds me, um, I spoke on the podcast with, um, her name's Reggie Casagrande, and she was talking about how the kind of digital evolution over the course of the pandemic has, you know, extremely accelerated so much of what we do from, like you said, getting Uber Eats every single day or having your groceries delivered or just the simple things that we wouldn't have done by going online to like order up have now become super standard across the board. And yes. when you think about how you're like, hey, we could just Uber our space shuttle or something. <laughs> that kind of thought process is not something that I think about on the daily, but think of, thinking about the fact that civilians are now going into space as far as like they might be, you know, I just, that whole, objective is has been so foreign to a lot of people and the fact that you are part of the process that could take them there or accelerate that whole initiative is amazing to me what's the biggest obstacle you find as leading a i would say a technology company you know you are in tech in a much more not necessarily hands-on for the user but definitely for the experience what would you say is the biggest hurdle that you face I think there are three hurdles, <laughs> but they're all related. The, big, the biggest one is um, people get the perception that it's really, really capital intensive, that it's going to cost a lot of money to, um, like for us, you know, to, um, to be able to launch a rock. With us, it's, that's really not the case. It, it may, okay, it's, 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 yeah, it's going to be more expensive than um, developing an app for, uh, for Facebook or something like that. Mm -hmm. Probably, maybe, who knows? But uh, when, it, when it comes to building a rocket, we're building a, a, like a miniature rocket that only launches a few CubeSats at a time. Where, where we get the um, advantage is that we can launch from many places around the world and we're using non-toxic, non-cryogenic propulsion systems. And that's something that uh, maybe those terms don't make uh, that, that much sense. But the thing is, the, the most challenging piece of putting a rocket together is the propulsion system. It's uh, it's it's toxic. It's um, like it's not stuff that you can just grab with your with the gloves or anything. You have to put on a suit and stuff, and yet it's really complex. So basically, telling people, hey, look, we got this down. <laughs> We've been working on this for for years, and now this we can do this a lot faster, a lot easier, and we're not dealing with like big big rockets. We're just dealing with a little rocket that we can put on the back, like on top of a trailer, you know, to transport across town. That's like delivering that message, making that point across is really challenging. The other challenges are perceived like the launch, the space launch industry. It's perceived to be very saturated like there are lots of uh, big big companies uh, uh, out there when you boil down to the ones that that have actually demonstrated uh, their technical advantage only three companies spacex rocket lab and uh, virgin orbit have actually reached orbit uh, all the other companies um, i mean other ones that are, are trying really hard but uh, they, they haven't yet they're not too far ahead of us um, uh, yeah they may be like well really well funded but uh, their technologies are honestly um, i mean I, I like them i know them personally we used to work together at, at some point in, yeah. uh, in, the, in, the, in the past but uh, their technologies are really not that uh, different from the from the from the technologies of back in the 50s and 60s this is like old, old school stuff. Really? Well, I mean, it reminds me, you said that it hasn't really changed that much. I feel like the players have changed a little bit, you know, yeah. the notoriety of some of the figures that are heading these, like you said, like Virgin and all of that have changed a little bit, but it's almost like, I think about, like you said, the marketing aspect is really crucial to a lot of these 
companies, mm-hmm. even like yourself, of actually getting in the game. So when you talk about, you know, some of the people that are doing some of these things, how, how much overlap do you find as far as like working with other companies with your brand right now? So we have um, what's, what's called a, a, a mutual non-disclosure agreement. Through that, we can we can work together. We don't typically work with our with our um, uh, competitors, but with uh, suppliers, customers. Like we work we work pretty closely. And the thing is, right now, the aerospace industry is still pretty small. So a lot of us uh, know each other. We'll we'll see each other at conferences and we'll have a beer. I mean, it's uh, yes, we're competing, but at the same time, it's uh, it's like you're you know you're in the Olympics competing with your buddies from Australia. You know, at the end of the day, you know, we're all people and we're just, uh, they're having a having a good time, you know, making some um, some stuff happen, and I love how you say just making some stuff happen, which to <laughs> me it's like, I mean, it's it's aerospace, right? It's like I and you have to understand, I am not a math person, so this is like the technical aspect of things. I'm just like wow, but when you break it down to things like, do you, did you watch the movie um, Over the Moon? Hmm. It's um, it's a kids movie. Yes, I have. Yes, I have. <laughs> um, yes, yes, where I have. she puts together her own rocket to the mm-hmm. moon because you yeah. know there's a whole story behind it but it's almost like that like if you could break down what you do at that level for people to understand like hey like things are possible and I and I look at what has happened you know over the last just in the last year of like you mentioned some of the other companies doing the orbits and things like that of so much being possible so where do you see Aphelion um, you know taking the technology that you have like what's your ultimate like lofty if you could have it all what would be the goal for your company well the goal for our company is to um is to help the industry transition from um, from the use of fossil fuels for uh you know for propulsion to, to using um, green in environmentally friendly uh, fuels and also being able to uh, make a transfer to um, to low earth orbit to space like very sustainable very routine uh, not um, not so um, um, damaging to the environment because a lot of people they when they look at the the, the impact of launch in space launch to the environment they're just looking at the, the what what the what, what happens to the environment from the minute the rocket leaves the ground and reaches orbit but they're not looking at what happens um, through the entire manufacturing process through the whole supply chain and um, the like it's it's really nasty it's really dirty stuff <laughs> so yeah. So yeah, I want to be able to clean that up and I want to be able to, you know, more sustainably uh, travel to space and make it simpler because uh, basically if you, if when you look at the, um, the aviation industry, uh, in 1905, I think um, the uh, the Wright brothers they built this uh, little airplane, and then from that, in 60 years, boom, they moved all the way to having a a, a supersonic jet. You know, the uh, what is it, the Concorde in the 60s? That was in the 60s. So in, in 60 years, they moved from you know um, some little tests all the way to supersonic jets, and uh, and then in the, in the space industry. We haven't done it at all. We've um, since the '60s, since the '50s and '60s, pretty much, you know, about the same time, with 60 years or so. Um, the we're still using the same stuff. The, the rockets look the same. Like a lot of that stuff has been uh, he- heavily, heavily regulated by the government, which is, I mean, it's not a bad thing. But at the same time, like we uh, we haven't really innovated much until until SpaceX came around, until Elon Musk came around. I used to work there, by the way, and. Um, Elon Musk came around and said, "Hey, look, I'm sure we can do this cheaper. Come on, guys!" And then, and, and look, SpaceX. Uh, now they have um, they have a rocket that's already partially reusable, and um, it's uh, it's great. It's, SpaceX has made a huge, a huge uh, uh, wave 
in this industry. And now finally people are realizing, look, we can, we can innovate in this industry. This is not a, um, we can move faster. <laughs> so, right. Moving faster. I mean, is, I, I, I don't know what the fastest could be. So obviously, you know, I look at these launches and I'm just in awe, right. Of just everything kind of like firing at the right times and going off without a hitch. And, you know, I guess the safety aspect is what a lot of people just kind of worry about, like, yeah, please yeah. let this happen. Please let this be okay. You know, like as it's going on. And then, you know, like you mentioned, I, I did see part of the rock. I'm not using the right terminology, but part of what they had launched actually landed back down where it, you know, had originally took off from. So tell me about, um, cause I think that a lot of people would like to be in the position that you're at. And I know a lot of times I ask, um, different guests how you got to where you're at and what are some of the things that you did that you could say, Hey, if I could change that back in the day so that my journey would have been swifter, quicker, you know, I could have jumped over that hurdle, that step. Um, so that if anybody's trying to, you know, get into the industry, they could say, okay, well go this way and not that way. What would you tell yourself? Wow, that's a that's a really good question. I I, I, um, I used to think about that all the time, and um, like something that I should that, that I wish I had done more in high school is uh, learn more about what each college has in terms of uh, like um, um, clubs and uh, extracurricular activities and uh, things like that, little projects uh, like the. Uh, uh, like they, like some universities have like solar car and then the like some some universities build actual cube sets and things like that because in the classroom is where you i mean uh, with your hands like when you're actually building something together that's where you learn the most yeah. uh, in, in, in the classroom if you're just uh, you know um learning the uh, theory and um uh, doing some, some homework it, it's uh, that's just that's just a taste of um what the um what the industry what the, what the real world really is so so yeah, so um, one of the things that I did that really helped me in in, in college is um, I, I went uh, I had internships pretty much every summer. I was um, I was interning at um, now called uh, Northrop Grumman. Um, on, on, I was working on the space shuttle program uh, when I was an intern in college, and that that really helped me. Uh, that um, it was challenging. I had to um, you know move um, from Arizona from Tempe, Arizona, which is like a really fun place to be in the summer. Uh, from there, I moved to um, Promontory Point, Utah, which, but it's like north of Ogden, like it's in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, uh, but it was so worth it. It was so worth it. That uh, that experience really paid off, and uh, and then through through college, it really again like getting involved in different um, uh, clubs and uh, you know, like talking to people, talking to the professors, like not not really being a being afraid. A lot of that uh, can help, in, in like in the long run, those professors can. Uh, can um, can write letters of recommendation and things like that. There's a lot that I didn't do. I, um, I it, some some things that took me longer than I than I um, you know than I would have liked to. But that's because I was just I was you know trying to figure things out on my own. And thankfully I was motivated enough to to just keep going. But a lot of people, I mean, they could they could easily you know, get frustrated and just try something else. So, yeah. yeah so. I mean, that's, that's a great piece of advice. If you are thinking about any kind of industry too, I think that the club aspect of, you know, like knowing not just the programs that you're going into in a collegiate setting, but what they offer outside of that really, really important. And we will see you on the next episode. Thank you so much, Miguel. Thank you. Thanks a lot. If you would like to sponsor an episode of Sweet Bites with Sandra, make sure to send an email to info at sandracoltamedici.com. Include in the subject line, be a sponsor.